Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, a D&D actual play 5e adventure of the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. My name is Thomas, and I am your DM for this adventure. For our characters, we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers, they had defended the keep against a massive blue dragon that flew away after our adventurers' heroics. The mayor, in gratitude, gave them four healing potions, which Mal downed one of them immediately, and Lance, deciding that three adventurers were better than one, himself, joined the other two and set off to the mill's location through a secret tunnel under the keep. Upon opening the rusted grate, Lance spotted a few mysterious humanoids on patrol, as well as some cobalts. Cleverly, they used the stream to float lazily down to the location of the mill without being spotted by the patrols. Getting the jump on the cobalts and Drake that were currently setting fire to the place, the group made quick work of them, while Fleeple showed his true mafia-style attitude towards the spawn of Tiamat. Showing his usefulness, Lance stood watch while Mal and Fleeple searched around. After rummaging through the remnants of the Drake and the Cobalts, finding a good chunk of change and a mysterious arcane scroll. Mal and Fleeple were searching for clues and had found that the fires were not meant to destroy the mill, but possibly signal. Theorizing that it could have been this, a signal, they decided to put the fires out as quickly as possible. Lance, however, while keeping guard, heard voices from inside of the mill, and drawing Mal's attention towards him with an arrow, shared this information. However, a curious Fleeple found his way opening the mill door secretly and stealthily, and perceived inside that there were six individuals standing at the ready with spears. Ready for what? Let's find out right now. Fleeple, you are inside the mill next to the loud stone as it's continually moving on its track. You haven't stopped it, and you are, for all intents and purposes, stealthed inside this mill. You see these six individuals. What do you do? I look up at the six individuals far above me and just kind of go, oh, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And I debate within myself, do I want to try and get back out to my friends or do I want to just stay here, quit while I'm ahead? And I'm going to let the dice decide for me. I decide that I am going to just kind of plaster myself up against the central column and just kind of wait there, keeping my eyes on the doorway. Maybe my friends are going to show up. Maybe, hopefully... I don't know. I'm just going to chill. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So we'll keep your stealth roll from last time because it was so high and essentially you didn't bring any attention to yourself from just simply moving against the wall. And you have plastered yourself against the wall, uh, hoping that your friends are able to find you, know where you are. We'll see if they do with how high your stealth roll was. Lance and Mal. All right, I think we've now come up with the perfect plan. Your mind, my mind combined, Let's go through the steps again. Step one, we walk up to the door. Step two, I fall sick. Oh, no. Step three was your idea. You decide to yell at me and see if it draws their attention. Step five, why is the mill door open? Where'd Fleeple go? Shoot. We had a perfect plan. We resolved all our issues. Not, our egos were put aside. not agree to anything. You okay, suck. You, you should have been watching. You should have been watching this. listen to my idea? I hate you now. Let's go get him. Nah. Okay, so how do you approach this door? Stealthily. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go and roll me stealth checks. 
21. Oh, no. Five. <laughs> Five, all right. So, Lance, as you move ahead of Mal, and you're crouching low to the shadows, kind of like hopping a little bit to make sure that none of the brush around the door gets disturbed and making yourself small so they can't see your silhouette. Mal, you see what he's doing. It looks ridiculous, and you just walk up there looking at different parts of the ground, but you don't notice the dead kobold that had died near the door, and you trip over it, and you fall to the ground, and... Really? Really? Really right now? Really what? You didn't really? warn me. You yeah, should Well, you just <laughs> from inside, you hear... Hey, Barto, what was that? I think they're coming in here. Everybody, get ready. And you see... Everybody get their spears and like pointed at the open door of the mill. You don't move, but as you peek through the door, you see Mal on the ground, like picking herself up and like brushing some dust off of her. Not entirely exposed to the attackers because the mill door is only open slightly, but it appears that she is going to enter the mill. Okay, I am just kind of freaking out, like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what do I do? And I'm going to, I'm going to leave it up to the dice again to decide which spell I'm going to cast right now. I am going to cast Fairy Fire, attempting to catch as many of these guys as I can. I believe I should be able to get three of them within the 20-foot cube of Fairy Fire. Yes. So, just to pan out where these people are exactly... On the west side, there are two individuals. On the east side, there are two individuals. And on the north side, there are two individuals, all behind sacks of flour. Which three would you like to try and encompass? I will go for the three on the west side, the two against the west wall, and the westernmost of the two on the north wall. Sounds good. So, Fairy Fire, what sort of a roll do they have to make? They have to make a dexterity saving throw, DC 13. Do they have disadvantage because I'm hidden? They do because you are hidden. So as you whisper and throw your fairy fire forward, they all have disadvantage on this 13, you said? Fail. Fail. And fail. All three have failures. Fleeple, as you whisper this incantation and you grab some fleece from your fleece, You toss it in the air, and as you do, it seems to magically move forward with this wind that catches it from inside the mill. And and as it goes, as three distinct fleece hairs touch each of these individuals, they ignite with this colorful rainbowish hue, and they all like, from outside the mill, Lance and Mal, you see these three figures just ignite in the loft area of this mill. And let's go ahead and roll initiative here. I really want Mal and Lance to just look at each other and go, Fleeple. <laughs> oh, Fleeple. He turns to the camera and just shrugs. That's Fleeple. I think that's the second time we've referenced this is all a sitcom with Fleeple. Surprise. All right. 20 to 25. 22. 15 to 20. 10 to 15. Oh, no. Five to ten? Seven. Four. Oh, oh Fleeple. No. Four. <laughs> it's a good thing I got my fairy fire in before we rolled initiative. Oh, man. yeah. Like, could you imagine that? <laughs> All right. Well, 
you all get a surprise round on these people because you, Fleeple had distracted them enough to where they are trying to figure out what the heck is going on. They they were they were ready to throw their spears. They were ready to they, they were ready for battle, but they were thrown off by this incantation here. So, Lance, your go. Okay, can I see in, or are the doors? Closed-ish stone. You'd have to kick open the door, but we could say you could do that with a free action because it's partially open already. But I also heard, like, the fairy fire. What the? Yeah, you heard this. What the? And you see this this light ignite into the loft area of the mill. I just shrug over to Mal. I kick open one of the doors, and I'll roll in into, like, right next to the stone. A stone, and I'll look around. And what are these? Can I ascertain to what these guys look like? Or do they look like the cloaked figures who have been walking around and that have been kind of aligned with the kobolds, or do they look like just villagers, almost like mill workers who are just stuck here? Uh, to do that, you'd probably have to spend your turn with a perception roll. Even though some of them are a light, it just alerts you to their presence. They're still partially hidden behind these sacks of flour and grain. So. To ascertain what you want, you'd have to roll a perception check. I will roll a perception check. I'll give it a shot. Okay, and that will forego your attack. Okay. Oh my gosh. 22. 22, sheesh. So, the three that are light, you see that one of them on the western wall, it has a hood forward, very similar to the cloaked figures that you were seeing running up to the keep. The other two seem to not be cloaked, not hooded, but they have just weapons, like knives. Like one of them has a jerkin to where it's just got knives like all the way down his chest that he can easily just grab and throw. The other one seems to have a broad sword and a couple other swords like on his back, almost Witcher style even. Those are the three that you can see and that you could perceive with in, in the heat of battle. All right, looks like bad guys. Cool. I'll just say that real quick. They look like bad guys! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So anything with a bonus action? Can I bonus action hide? Where would you like to try and hide? I will say, since they are in the loft area, they do have some areas beneath the loft that you might be able to hide under. So it is possible to hide in here. It just might not be an ideal location. And this thing is the mill itself? Yes, directly in the center is the actual stone that grinds. So yeah, that that mill area. And there's nothing like under the stone or anything like that. It's just the mills right there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's constantly. All right, I will. I'm going to try and hide. We'll see how well it works out. I'm going to going to duck under the guys to the west, the two to the west wall, the ones who have fairy fire on them. So your goal is to maybe find some boxes, crates, maybe some something that you can hide behind there. Okay. I would say go ahead and roll me a stealth check with disadvantage. Then that's just a straight roll because I usually have an advantage on stealths. Correct. So just a straight roll. Okay, okay. Not bad, not bad. 16. 16. Okay. We'll see if that is enough for you. But you jump over there, you kind of do a bob and weave to throw off exactly where you are and you prepare yourself for this next round. And how high up are they? There's a ladder on the northern part that you could climb up. It's maybe 10 feet up, but it would be hard to jump up there and try and pull yourself up without a ladder's assistance. So they're, but they're like about 10 feet up. Yeah, roughly 10 feet. And I obviously being underneath them, I can't see them then because they're in the rafter. 
Uh, not the one directly above you. However, on the north side, you can see a little bit of the person on the north who has fairy fire. So it could be an ideal shot if you can if you can get it, so to speak. Because of the surprise round, Mal, it's now your go. Well, Mal's gonna saunter in through the doors, and she'll she'll have seen Lance kick the doors in, roll in, bob and weave, and go off to her left, and so just off to her left. That was so unnecessary. So seeing around, do the fairy fire guys still have a visual component? Like, are they on fire? Is it fairy fire around them? I don't know how that spell works. It's basically like an outline. The outline, their figures are outlined with this magical light that moves and gyrates with the movements of their body. So it's not like a backdrop. It literally is like attached to their skin. So you can see when they move their arm, when they move ahead. So it's as if for all intents and purposes, you could see them just moving. She'll reach down to her hip and pull up her crossbow or two-handed crossbow. We'll load it and fire. And that'll be with advantage because of the fairy fire. I'm going to fire at the one on the north. North Fairy Fire. That's a 21 to hit. They do have three partials cover, but even with the 21, that's a hit. Nice. Six damage. Okay, six damage. Uh, as you unload this two-handed crossbow, <laughs> impacts your, your stomach. You hold it tight and firm, and your aim is true, and it goes right into their shoulder, and it goes, and just starts to grunt and seems to have done a significant amount of damage to them. I will dodge off to my right opposite Lance just to get underneath some cover so that they all couldn't try and hit me at the same time. At least the two over me couldn't hit. And off to the left, I'll shout, I got arrows too. They're called bolts. (laughs) They're called bolts. (laughs) Fleeple, it's your go. All right. Uh, Fleeple is out of spell slots, so it's cantrip time, baby. Gonna get some of that produce flame. I'm going to toss a ball of fire uh, towards the west wall. The guy on the north side of the west wall, I'm going to toss a fairy fire at him. Um, a produce flame, rather. And this is uh, the hooded cloak figure as opposed to the one who has all of the knives um, on their chest. Uh, is there anyone in particular? Did you want to do any either one of those or just the guy who's on the north? Mm, actually, I'm going to go with the guy with the knives on his chest because he looks like he can throw those pretty hard. Okay, sounds good. So a little beefier guy, you're going to toss your produce flame over to them. Yep, that's going to be an 18 to hit. 18. That is a hit, just barely, with their cover that they've got. Okay, not great. That's a five fire damage. Five fire damage, all right. As you toss that flame over to that individual, this guy goes, Ow! Gosh dang it! And just starts patting at his knife, start patting it, like puts the fire out. Movement, bonus action. Yep, I am now going to move to the northern wall kind of completing this hiding triangle that we've got going on here. And I believe that's going to do it for me for this turn. Okay, so that's the first round, surprise round. We go top of the round. Lance, it's back to you. All right. Do I see the two figures to the east, right above Mal? You do not. I don't see them. Okay. Yes. So you as uh, you and Mal are not aware of any figures to the east. We just are aware of the fairy fire. Even with our dark vision? Yes, even with your dark vision. They had a pretty darn good stealth roll, so. So I will then, because these two are right above me. I can't see them because they're in the rafters. 
I'm just gonna take a shot at this one, the one to the north with fairy fire still attached to them. Okay, go ahead and roll your attack with advantage. Well, I would have anyway, because I was hiding. Ooh, both bad rolls. So it's probably not gonna work. That's a 14. 14 is a miss. So as as you look up at the one that Mal got with the bolt, you kind of, you get your arrow ready and you try to go for the exact spot that Mal did, but it just, it just goes right over their shoulder into the wall. Unfortunately, missing your target and you have exposed yourself. Well, I will bonus action hide myself again <laughs> amongst the boxes. Again, go and roll me a disadvantage here. 16 again. 16, okay. We'll see if that is sufficient. Uh, do you want to move at all with this stealth? I mean, I'll just, for this, I mean, I'll just move over, like, just kind of ducking in between the boxes. Yeah, moving north, ducking in between the boxes, but staying on the west side of the wall. Okay, sounds good. So still underneath the two individuals on the west side in the loft, okay. Hey, DM, in the middle of this map is the mill that's been crunching the green. How tall is that? I would say the contraption itself is probably a good eight feet tall. The stone is doesn't go that tall, but the wood and like the machinery that helps it move along its track is definitely eight feet at its height. So after Lance, it's these individuals' turns. The hooded figure on the west side that hasn't been hit but is still engulfed in this fairy fire. By the way, fairy fire, they can't save. It's just the way it is until you lose concentration, right? So the hooded figure on the west yells over and goes, Hey, Barto, Barto, these guys, these guys mean business. And he grabs a spear and he's going to chuck it over at Mal, who is on the east side. So that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. That's going to be with disadvantage. Oof. Does a, does a nine hit? You know what? It doesn't. Wow. Things are looking up for Mal. And so this uh, hooded figure throws his spear over to you and it just clatters at your feet short of its target. And he goes, ah, crap. He's going to spend his movement to hug the wall, go south a little bit, trying to make himself a a smaller target. The other hooded figure right above you, Mal, on the east side, the one that was hidden that Fleeple knew of, but the other two didn't. This one's actually a woman. She goes, Barto. This is not what we, this is not what we were told. And is going to throw the spear right at Fleeple. And this one will be just normal. Ooh, there's a nine hit for Fleeple. Nine misses. Thank goodness. So this spear also clatters to the ground right in front of Fleeple. He goes, Barto, what should we do? But this one's going to hold their ground currently. So two of the hooded figures, one on the west side, one on the east side, have gone. Because Mal and Fleeple rolled so low, it is now the individual on the, on the west with all the knives that had the fire. He throws down the spear. He goes, ah, ah, screw it. And he grabs two knives and he just jumps down from the loft onto the ground. And he is going to spend a little bit of movement running towards Mal, and he tosses two knives at her. The first one, that is, that's an 11? Nope. All right, as it as it impacts you, the mage armor has been ever, ever glowing, ever present, but this, it flares up, and it actually, uh, these two tendrils from your mage armor reach out, it grabs the knife, and it throws it to the ground right in front of you, deflecting the blow. The second roll, is a 12? Nope. 
Okay. Uh, again, it, it, these knives are one right after another. A third tendril just stops the knife mid-air, and it just clatters to the ground. And the guy with the knife goes, ah, shoot! He's kind of eyeing the open door directly next to him on the south side of the mill. So, it is now the hidden mercenary on the east side. He pops up next to the woman hooded figure, and he goes, I mean, they don't look so tough. And he chucks a spear at that Fleeple. Fleeple does a 11 hit. That misses. Oh, man. We are lucky tonight. Holy cow. We are very lucky. Keep using whatever dice you're using, Thomas. We appreciate it. I am moving to a different... No! (laughs) Keep it. Keep it, please. And this spear, this spear clatters to the ground as well, right in front of you. And he goes, oh. Mal, it is your go now. Well, since the knife guy has now jumped down, he has still his fair fire on me. I'm going to let go of my crossbow and pull out my spear. Do something cool with it around my head because I'm well versed with this weapon. I'm going to level it and charge straight at the knife guy that's on the same level as me. Okay, go ahead and roll a melee attack with advantage. 22. Yeah, that's a hit. Great. That's uh, nine points of damage. This is when an attacker wants to incapacitate a foe rather than deal a killing blow. Can I... Attacker uses him to hit points. I don't want to kill... I, I really wanted to say, what is your business here? I want to get information, but can I pin him? With a spear. <laughs> so you can either defeat him or you can knock him unconscious. Yeah. Can we tell, because of the fairy fire, can we tell, can I tell what race he was getting in his face? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty clear. He's a uh, human. I'm going to knock him out instead of killing him. Are we going to say, can I force my spear head into the wood and then use that momentum to hit him across the back of the, like the cross of face with the butt of the spear? like it as you charge a sprint at the last second you jam it in and using the momentum of that just bam right in the face and as you do just immediately knocks him out you've seen those ufc fighters who they get punched and they just go limp immediately this guy just crumples uh stable and unconscious so he's not bleeding out not anything like that but defeated nonetheless doing that I'd like to then shout to, I guess to the two, the one on the north and the one on the west that I can see, because those are the only ones that I know that are there. I'll shout, what is your business here? Who are you fighting for? Okay. We'll see if they respond on their turn. And Mal, now that you're out from underneath the loft area and the two people have exposed themselves, you also look back to the east side and you see two more individuals, one cloaked, one just this massive bare-chested individual also standing there as well. Um, And I will stay there. I won't use any more movement. Okay. The person to the north that you successfully attacked with your crossbow bolt they look to the hooded figure standing next to them who is slowly standing up and say, Barto, this isn't what we signed up for. What are your orders? What do we do? And they're going to hold off on their turn because they're a little intimidated and waiting to hear back. Fleeple, it's actually your go. All right. I'm going to duck out from underneath so I can get a better look at the guy who just spoke. And knowing that he has already been damaged and still has the fairy fire, 
I'm going to uh, go ahead and lob a ball of flame at this dude. Okay, go and roll with advantage. As this individual is just holding their spear limp, you produce your flame. It's it's green. It turns green and red almost interchangeably as you conjure it and you chuck it up at this individual. 19 to hit. 19 is a hit. Go ahead and roll damage on that, sir. Ooh, that's going to be nine fire damage. All right, how do you want to do this for this individual? All right. As he's looking over to Bartow, uh, I use that moment, and I just hit him in the side of the head as he's turned towards this other guy, and very much Ghost Rider Nicolas Cage, his entire skull just goes up in flame, and uh, I am going to use this opportunity to immolate him. So it goes down from his skull over his entire body, and for a moment you see the skeleton kind of dancing before it just puffs into ash. Because of the immolation, we all now have the effects of the Bless spell, extra d4 to attack rolls and saving throws, I believe. That is awesome. Yeah, it doesn't apply to ability checks, just those, I believe. Uh, all right. Yeah, as that as his flesh burns away in an unseemly quick manner. It's just a... And it's almost this torrent, this whirlwind of fire that just engulfs him. And Fleeple, you just bow your head as this happens. This skull just screams out in this silent pain as no voice seems to come from it as it's being burned alive. It just bones and all just... And ash just... Into the air. And down into the grain that's been milled in the center as well, I imagine. Probably, yeah, absolutely. It just floats down into the grain. Lance, Mal, and Fleeple, you feel the effects of this spell invigorate you, making you a little bit more sure of your actions. I'm going to run back into this corner underneath the loft, hoping to hide myself from as many of these guys as possible. Okay. It is now Bartow's turn. The hooded figure from the on the north, not from the north, on the north, he stands up and he yells to them all and he goes, Fools! Cowards! Pledge yourself to Lenethon! Mondath would have you hanged if she saw your cowardice! And he is going to chuck a spear down to Mal, who just knocked down one of the individuals. Mal, that is a 16 to hit. That is exactly my armor class. All right, so that's a hit. The first successful hit in this battle. Was that the guy on the east or the guy on the north? Uh, the person on the north. Ooh. Now that is six points of slashing damage. Because I defeated him, I just knocked him out. I still get those temporary hit points, right? Does your class say that you have to kill or just defeat? The Dark One's Blessing says when you reduce a hostile zero hit points. So yes, I do get them. Okay. Yes, which I'm guessing you might need here. So how many hit points do you have? I don't know that I want to tell you that. <laughs> In case I target you? Okay. I have six hit points left. Six hit points? Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Barto, he's, after he uh, throws the spear and it hits you, he just kind of laughs to himself and he goes, <laughs> Mondath will see all of you, dead or alive. The great Lenathon has told us you are a big thorn in our side and that we must deal with all you. And he just slides down the ladder to the ground floor and he looks to Fleeple and he goes, Oh, the clever one. But that's his turn. So that's the end of the round. Lance, it goes back to you. All right. He's on the floor. I'm going to shoot him. The leader. Go ahead and roll with advantage because he does not know you were there. Okay, that's good. It's going to be 21. 
21 is a hit. Go ahead and roll with sneak attack, sir. This is obviously my short bow. 10 damage. 10 damage. How do you want to take him out? Oh, sweet. So I'm just going to aim. I'm aiming at him. And is when he slid down, yeah, he's just like facing. Okay, he's facing Fleeple. Well, he's kind of like, I almost see the side of him. And I'm just going to be aiming. And then, because I said I'm going to do many puns and movie references, I'm just going to be looking and I go, both eyes open. <laughs> Fire my arrow. <laughs> and it will go into his ear, just straight like down the, in the center of his head, into the ear. <laughs> I have not heard a Pocahontas line for decades. Now you got it. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't get over that. Yeah. Take an inspiration die, Lance. Quoting Pocahontas. <laughs> that was, that was, it, it rendered me speechless. Is that, an inspiration die is just another d20 I can roll? So it's a d20 you can use at any time for any reason, or you may give it to somebody in your party for any reason, out whether you're with them in the game or not. So if, like, Fleeple's off by himself doing this epic thing, you can, at the last minute as a player, give it to him. But yeah, with that amazing pun and amazing line given, you just... And it goes right through his ear, and he just... Fleeple, you see him, he's just staring at you. His smile, he's just got that wicked smile, similar to, like, Princess Bride, to where he just all of a sudden... And then collapses to the ground with that same wicked smile on his face, completely just destroyed. And bonus action hide. <laughs> just just going a little bit around here, or you know what? I'm gonna. Are there just barrels all around the walls of the room? There's crates. There's machinery. There's like a wagon. Okay, there's... I'll try and go like, still hugging the wall, but now I'm going to go to the north side, and try and just find some boxes and crates and barrels to still duck and hide behind. Go and roll me a stealth check with disadvantage. With disadvantage. Yeah, you just murdered their leader. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that that's like, oh, man, they're not looking. No, okay. So just a straight roll. It's going to, ooh, this is going to be a bad one now. That is a nine. Okay, we'll see if that's enough. It probably won't, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Lance, as you go to hide, the three remaining individuals lose all composure. The one on the west side with fairy fire goes... Oh, uh-uh, no way. And he's a hooded figure. He jumps down, and he's going to run past Mal. So, Mal, you do get an attack of opportunity if you'd like. Let's take that. Yes, another 22. All right. Mal's back in this game. Are you attacking with your spear? Yeah. Yes. This is still out. It's in my hands. <laughs> Four points of damage. Okay, so as he's as this individual's running by you, you grab your spear and you just turn around and you just ugh, jab him in the side, drawing some blood, but he but he grabs his side and goes, oh! What's your passive perception again? Twelve. Twelve? As he runs by you, he's clutching his right side, and as he's clutching it, you notice that he's got some blue markings on his hand that encompass three of his fingers, the middle to the pinky finger, and they go up the back side of his hand to the wrist area. But not having fully stopped him, that's all you can catch of his visage as he just runs out the mill into the night. The woman 
on the east side, who's also a hooded figure, there's a window behind her, and she is going to open it and attempt to crawl out of it. It being a 10-foot drop, she's going to risk it and jump out of there. Uh, She fails her dexterity check, and she also takes four points of bludgeoning damage, and you hear her go, Skartar, wait for me! Wait for me! And she runs after him. It is now the big Goliath dude who <laughs> tossed the spear at Fleeple, and he kind of looks around, sees that he's the only enemy there, and goes, Oh, uh, and he just jumps out the window again uh, after the woman, succeeding his dexterity check, and just books it. We are essentially out of combat, unless you'd like to pursue them. There's nobody in the mill anymore, so Mal, it is your go. I'm going to tie up my unconscious man, and while doing so, I'd like to, because I noticed a little bit of the hand marking, I'd like to see if this one also has that, and if that extends, or if there's any other visible markings on their body. Sounds good. So we'll say you start that process. Fleeple, is there anything you wanted to do before I say we get out of combat? I just want to give people an opportunity if they still want to act. Yeah, I'm going to try and get my money's worth out of this fairy fire. So I'm going to rush to the door and throw one last produce flame after that dude. Okay, so as you run 5, 10, 15, 20, uh, you do see him. He is within range. That's going to be a 23 to hit. That's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, nine fire damage. How do you want to do this? <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, leave this guy with a little bit more dignity. I'm just going to go right through the center of the chest, just like this meteor of flame goes in the back, out the front, just a nice hole in the center there. So just through armor, through everything, just the cloak seems to envelop him as he falls down and the woman yells, no, Skartar, come on, you big idiot. Let's get out of here. As you have just eviscerated this individual here. Lance, since we are still in combat, is there anything you would like to attempt? Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and stop as many as I can. I'm gonna run out the door, and I will just as I go out the door, I will leap and do a roll, and I will say acrobats <laughs> as I do so, and Mal will hear that. And do I see any of them using just your movement? You don't see anybody. Yeah, I will bonus action dash. You do see that woman and the lumbering idiot, as she called him, about 20 feet away from you. Ah, cool. Good. All right, I'm going to take my short bow and I'm going to shoot him. Okay. Which one, the lumbering idiot or the woman? Um, you know, equal opportunity. I'll shoot the woman. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, go ahead and roll. Just a singular roll. That's going to be a, a non-natural 20. Okay, that's a hit. This is not sneak attack, though, I would assume. No sneak attack, correct. Yeah, because I'm not hiding or they, you know. Oh, not too much. That's a four. Four, okay. As you you pelt her with this arrow, her right shoulder gets impact. She goes, ugh, and it just seems to urge her further to run away from this location. I will use as much, because I have, with a dash, that's 60 feet of movement. So I started here, so that's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, and then a shot, 45, 50, 55, 60. I'll move up to there. Okay, sounds good. You are definitely within a good 10 feet of them, and this woman, it's now her turn. She 
grabs the the thug and she goes, if you want your money's worth, stop him. And she just keeps booking it uh, east of where you currently are at, seemingly back to the center of town. So she's going to run off and this thug is going to turn around and go, (laughs) I like this. And he's going to run up to you and charge. Oh, no. (laughs) He is going to grab out his greatsword. That is a a 10 to hit. It does not hit. <laughs> so as he runs up, you you just deftly without even thinking just dive under dive under his uh, attack and he goes push the elf. Well, that's going to be his turn. Mal, you're still tying up your individual. So I mean for the sake of the battle, if you can if you're committed to that action, we're going to say that you really can't make actions in this battle if that's all right with you. Which goes to Fleeple, you see just Lance take a run off here, but you see Mal tying up this individual is there anything you do in particular? I'm going to follow my boy Lance if he's actually moving into something that I'm going to support that. Hey, yeah. Take an initiative. <laughs> uh, you're about 15 feet away from Lance where you see this massive Goliath just swing down with his great sword that Lance dodges out of the way. And as you run up, Lance looks over at you with a panicked expression on his face. I give him a big thumbs up. He looks like he's doing fine. And I look over at the lady who's running away. How far is she from me right now? She is a good 45 feet away from where you currently are at. Ah, dag, nabbit, just out of range. Well, in that case then, I am going to... I'm going to go ahead and toss some fire at the Goliath. And because I got my pack tactics, that's going to give me advantage on this attack. That's right. I forgot about that. Ooh, yeah. That is going to be a 27 to hit. That definitely hits. That's going to be uh, (coughs) 8 fire damage. Okay, 8 fire damage. As you impact the side of his exposed skin, it just chars the left side of his skin. It just all the way up to his neck. And he goes, he looks over at you and he goes, Hey, wait a minute. Aren't you on our side? Not out for the count, but definitely damaged here. I'm going to shout out after the woman who is getting away. I just call out, uh, not trying to speak Draconic, because I don't know if she can speak Draconic, uh, but I'm just going to say, Tell your dark mistress that we're coming for her and we're not going to stop. No response from her, but that's going to be the end of the round. So Lance, it is your go. You have this massive Goliath in front of you, Flapel 15 feet away, and the woman is a good 35 feet from where you currently are at. She's 35 feet away? Yeah. Okay. Fleeple's on this Goliath guy. I've dodged him, which makes me feel a little confident. So I'm just going to ignore him and shoot her. How long does that bless last? Uh, one minute. Yeah. One minute. Okay, cool. Because I've forgotten to factor any of that in. And you, it's not a range thing? No. Uh, once it happens, it's with you for a minute unless Fleeple loses concentration. That's awesome. So that's going to be a 16, but plus 2 with the bless, so 18 to hit. That's a hit. And, yeah, that's an eight for damage. Eight, yeah. As you fire off this arrow, right, basically, in the other shoulder, left shoulder, just, and she just falls to the ground, and her body just slides on the dirt a little bit, about five feet before she stops, just dead in her tracks. All right, and I'll just look at the Goliath, and I'll just say... Your last big boy. Okay. Bonus action, movement. Bonus action. You know what? I'm going to take 
the dodge action. Okay. The dodge action specifically is that I'm just gearing up. It gives me like an extra defense almost, I believe. Yeah, he has disadvantage on attacks against you. That's right, I forgot. Dash, dodge. When you take the dodge action, you focus entirely avoiding attacks. Until the start of your next turn, any attack roll made against you has disadvantage if you can see the attacker. You make a dex... And I make dexterity saving throws with advantage. So yeah, I'm just like posed, ready to go. Ready to throw your cloak up for a distraction. Okay. Well, it is this individual's turn, and he goes... (laughs) Well, orders are orders. And he's going to do his great sword at you again, but with disadvantage this time. As he goes to swing, you throw your cloak up and you you duck down and hoping that it was enough of a distraction. Does a 13 hit? No, it does not. Alright. And that distraction being successful, it, it slices through part of your cloak, not a substantial amount, but it catches and he goes, Whoa. And he's gonna, can't, unable to do anything else, he's gonna look at the kobold and goes, I want you helping me. Fleeple, it's your go. I am going to rush up towards him and be like, Oh, you're, you're terribly right. You look so tired. Here, let me help you take a little rest. And I'll just leap at his face uh, with primal savagery. The good old, good old prim- primal savagery here. Uh, yeah, that is going to be a 26. You know, it, it does hit. Okay, that's going to be three acid damage. How do you want to do this? Ooh, we got the entire party. Yeah, I just I just leap up and I just latch both hands into his face. And I feel a bit of remorse for this one because he looks like he was just, you know, here to have a good time with his friends. He was a simple-minded gentleman, but he was evil, so he has to die. After I dig my claws into his face and watch the acid eating away at him, I take one of my claws out and just kind of pat the charred side of his face and say, uh, Sorry about that one. You're, you're going to a better place. <laughs> And he falls down with you holding on to him. Big thump, and it throws you off of his body. It's such a loud impact. And Lance, this gigantic Goliath just collapses in front of you. Well, that was terrifying. <laughs> now we are out of combat. So, Mal, as you were, have you just been tying up these uh, this individual? I'll just... Uh, Lance and Fleepole had that entire exchange outside, and you just hear this yelling... <laughs> All within a matter of seconds, and you're like, "Hmm, all right." And you just keep, as you keep, and you just keep tying this individual up, the only unconscious person alive. Well done, everybody. Well done. So now that we're out of combat, the bless goes away. But Fleeple, you wanted to say something. Yeah, I turn towards Lance and go in for a double high five. Like we got them all. I thought we weren't going to get them all, but we got them all. Oh yay! Oh okay. <laughs> Do you like the fist? Oh wait, nope. That's the high. Okay, just fist meet high five. Oh, okay. The awkward high five and fist combo, and then then you uh, you both undo it to where it's another high five fist combo. Yes, it seems that we took them out so they couldn't warn anybody else about us. Good job. Good job to you as well. Let's go uh, see what our friend is doing. Yes. Well, let's. I would suggest we search the bodies because they might have clues as to what they were doing and um. Thank you. Thank you for backing me up, Fleeple. I stop as I'm heading towards the mill and I turn back around and I go, Oh, yes, loot the bodies. I've heard of that one. You're a smart cookie, you are. 
and I'm going to start scampering over towards the woman who had gotten furthest away. I'm going to search her first. Okay. We'll get back to your searching here. Mal, as you are tying these individuals up, um, is there anything in particular you're looking at or that you're trying to pay attention or do you want to wake this individual up already or what is your plan? Since they finished the battle out, what would Mal like to do here? While he's still unconscious, I'm definitely, I want to look at the marking, see if he has the same marking on the hand and of the arm that the guy that ran past me has and if there's any other markings on him and then rifle through his pockets before I wake him up. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. Oh, goody, goody. Four. Let the investigators do the investigating. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mal, you, as you start to turn this person over, obvious things, the right hand does not have the same tattoo or markings on it. This person has a ton of knives. I will relieve him of all of those. Yeah, so you get about four daggers, and you find a coin pouch with four silver and three copper on it, in it. That's all you could find. Uh, so that, and that does take about a good five to ten minutes, but is there anything you want to do in addition to that? No, I'll just drag him over and prop him up against the mill and wait for the other two to return. Sounds good. And you do have two more dead bodies in the mill itself and a dead body just outside of the mill that was the person with the marking that you saw run out. Just a reminder. Oh, I want to go look at his marking. I forgot he was dead. I'll go look at his markings. Yeah, and this one is uh, close enough to you to where you could get to the to this body before Fleeple and Lance as they are going through the Goliath and the female's body. So go ahead and roll me an investigation with this person. Ten. Ah. So, obvious things. That marking, exactly as I described before, the, the almost blue paint, but it's not paint. It is actually tattooed into the skin, and it is completely covering the back half of their hand the middle, the ring, and the pinky finger going up to about the wrist area, only on the back of the hand in just not bright blue, but dark blue. And at the point, uh, at the wrist, the tattoo seems to come to a point and to almost like a dagger, a curved dagger, or maybe even like a, a yeah, just a strange curved point at their wrist. Other obvious markings, this person, is the cloak is not just a general cloak, it's actually a little bit distinctive in the fact that it's got multiple flaps, if you will. So it's got, like, in the front, it's got two flaps going down to points, similar to the marking on the wrist, and then it has two side flaps, and then two back flaps also going to points similar as well, almost as if it was designed for movement, but wanted to make sure that it obscured most of the body still. And then another obvious thing is it has shoulder pads, obviously not sport-like shoulder pads, but shoulder pads to help to where all these flaps seem to have been sewn into and like joined together, but they're flat. And at the very edges, they, they go out a little bit farther than the fabric to a little point. Not a, not a huge point, but just a little one. It's def, it's distinctive enough to know like, this isn't just a normal outfit or a normal cloak. I wanted to make sure I get all those details over to you. No purse of coin for this individual, surprisingly. But you do find a necklace on them, and the necklace is a triangle pointed downwards with a blue gem on the... uh, If you were looking at it, it would be on the right side of the triangle, and it's got a long chain on it. That's about it. Lance and Fleeple. Go and roll your investigation checks. Who's doing who, and what investigation checks are you rolling? I think we should just do it... I would would just... 
go with Fleeple and like do it with him. Okay, so one of you could either get advantage or you both can roll it. Ned, do you just want to both roll? Uh, sure, but I will also cast Guidance on you, so you get an extra d4 to add to this investigation check. So this is the woman first, I guess, because that's who we walked up to first. Oh, that's not very good, but that's 15 for me. Okay, Fleeple? Uh, I got a 19, surprisingly enough. Okay. So, Lance, you're pointing out a lot of these obvious things. Maybe not as in-depth about the outfit, but you're saying, oh, she does have the same marking on her right hand, the blue marking, which is odd and is weird, and it is tattooed onto her as well. You find that necklace that she's wearing, the one with the blue gem on the right side as you look at it, but no coin purse that you can find, no items that you can find on her. Fleeple, did, did you want to take the necklace, or would you like me to? And Fleeple, as Lance is saying this to you, you see this slight bulge in uh, her boot. And as you grab, as you kind of get into that bulge, you slowly pull out this intricate dagger. I mean, almost ceremonial. And it's a dagger that you saw previously running into the keep, these cloaked figures fighting with these daggers. And this one in particular, if you were to hold it, and even if Lance were to hold it, the blade would be curved in a S shape with the curved side outwards to where you could slice something open really quickly. But the blade continues forward over the hilt to where when you're holding it, the blade actually is covering your hand. And so it's a very long blade and it looks, it's not like bejeweled or bedazzled, but it looks nice enough and distinct enough to not be used in an everyday normal situation. Hmm. I contemplate the dagger. I contemplate the pendant that she's wearing. Is there any chance that I might be able to discern any sort of significance behind either the markings or the medallion? If it's too esoteric, then that's fine. No, I mean, it's 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 distinctive enough, and the tattoo is distinctive enough to prompt... Let's say go ahead and roll me a religion check. Religion, all right. I will cast guidance on myself with this one. Religion... It's a 19. 19. You don't know exactly what it's used for, but the dagger in particular with the tattoo on the right hand reminds you of, it has some draconic background. Something draconic is associated with these shapes or symbols, and it's apparent to you because you come from a draconic bloodline as well. And so these points remind you of either ancient markings or marking used in rituals that your clan used to do so it's something associated with maybe a draconic tradition draconic belief but that's as much as you can ascertain as right now so that's a nice dagger um oh do you want it uh well i am somewhat partial to daggers if you, but it is your find. Find is keepers. I understand that. Um, oh, but you'll share and share alike between friends. Yes, friends. Um, if you would like to take the pendant, I could take the dagger. But if you want it back, I totally understand. That sounds good to me. But uh, let's keep this between bros, okay? I did not know you were male. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Bros it is. So I will take I will take the dagger. Okay. Okay. Is this like a, should I mark it as like a special dagger for now or just say a ceremonial dagger. 
Fleeple and Lance, go ahead and roll an investigation check for the Goliath body as well. All right, I'll cast Guidance on Lance with this one again. Oh, yeah. 27. What did you roll on the die? I rolled an 18. Oh, my gosh. And did you roll a 4 on your... No, I rolled a 2 on my dice, and I have a 7 for investigation. Well, shoot. Fleeple, what did you roll? I mean, I rolled a natural 20 plus 0, but I think this one goes to Lance. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) Oh, that's a natural 20. So, Fleeple, you're assisting Lance, and you're like, oh, do you look at that? Oh, look at that over there. Look at that. And Lance, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you see this? Obviously, you got the great sword, um, the two-handed great sword that this individual, no armor that they're wearing, but you do find that similar to ancient uh, Middle Eastern techniques, he does have a pouch hidden in a place where the sun don't shine, a sack full of money. Where are you looking? The toes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in between each toe. This one does have a good 12 gold pieces in it and a good four silver pieces in it. I will, this, I will just, Fleeple is going to take this. So that was 12 gold pieces and four silver pieces in this one. Moving on. That's all you find on this body, unfortunately. <laughs> it's the family jewels. No, all right. Uh... <laughs> so we'll say that Mal... Lance and Fleeple, you all finish roughly around the same time, so you can converge together if you'd like. There's still a couple more bodies to investigate or to discuss about what your findings are. Choices, you're all you're all back together. I'll just walk up to Mal and say, um, have you searched everybody inside? I'll look around at the bodies. No. Is that something that you do? Yes. You always want to know what your opponent has and might be hiding. You know what? That makes sense. Yes. Yes, it does. Well, this guy has a tattoo and that guy doesn't. Does that count? The Fleeple we saw tattoo, did we not? Ah, yes, certainly. I did a little bit of investigating. It appears to be something ancient and ritualistic within the draconic sects. Uh, bad dragon stuff. That's just all I'm going to say. Fleeple, would you mind... We seem like we were pretty successful bros at searching. Do you mind searching the what I thought was the leader? Ah, uh, yes, Barto, I believe the name was. Yes, if anybody had information on him, it might be him. Well, this guy's still alive, so after you guys, you know, desecrate the dead, um, I wonder if we should maybe ask him some questions about whatever... Balto? Balto was saying? Barto. Yes, I didn't understand anything that he was saying, but Fleeple, I don't know if you did either. Maybe you know more than I do. But I thought since this guy was alive, maybe we'd find out if it's like a cult thing or if it's a cobalt thing with the dragons. Either way, he's alive. I think it's almost certainly a cult kind of thing. Seems like that's what they were talking about. But what cult, we don't know. I heard a lot of names being thrown out. There was Lenathon, there was another name that I didn't quite latch on to. It was Nendar, Mound, I don't remember. There was a cultist named Barto, and there was a kobold named Bart, and we killed both of them, so I think we're doing pretty good on that, uh, on that front. Yes, let's go check Barto's body, see if we can find anything, and then we'll talk to your, uh, your new friend over here, see if he knows anything. Yes, we'll we'll desecrate the dead first, and then we'll leave Mal to desecrate the living. Good idea. 
So Mal will just sit cross-legged next to the unconscious man and just sharpen her spear, just do some maintenance since it went into the wood while they're searching. So, Fleeple, you're heading the Bartow investigation, yes? Indeed. Okay, go ahead and roll. Wait, am I rolling too? Because I thought we were both doing it. Let's do it. Brovestigation. Brovestigation! Brovestigation, man! <laughs> and guidance on Lance. Right. Ooh, not very good. Oh, are you guiding me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's not very good, but... No, I got a four. Seventeen for me. So, Lance, what was that? Seventeen for Lance. Seventeen. Fleeple, you're so pleased with how Lance has come out of his shell and actually, like, assisted and shown his worth and really is giving over to a good cause that you're just... That you think, you know what? I'm going to let him have this. And and Lance, you're like, why isn't Fleeple helping me? <laughs> Some noticeable things. Here, as you look over the three dead uh, cloaked figures, the first two that you looked at, or that Mal had looked at and you had looked at, had similar attire. This one, however, the cloak is similar, but it's more extravagant. To the point where the shoulder pads have are actually a little bit longer and more tipped, and they have like designs on the actual shoulder pads. And more folds are present in the actual cloak. You do find a similar necklace that you found previous, but this one, however, this one, instead of just one singular chain moving down, it's got two chains interwoven with one another with the same blue stone or gem inlaid on it. And kind of moving his his head around that's really messy at this point, you're able to notice a similar tattoo on not only his hand, but also on his right cheek, uh, almost on his chin. Ever so slight, but it seems to be almost like a blue mark going with the jawline, but going to a point near his lip. I'll just say to Mal, because she was very interested in the tattoos, I'll just say, another tattoo over here. Different, though. More intricate. And I will, I'll just hand the necklace to Fleeple. So Fleeple, you have two necklaces, both similar, but both, uh, but one being more intricate than the other. Anything else? That's all you can get with your roll that you got. Last, the guy that's tied up, you said before he had, like, a thing where daggers could be held. What What is that? Is that a vest? Is that just, like, a sash? I kind of, uh... I imagine it's just similar to guys running into the battlefield with just, like, machine gun-like ammo just strapped Rambo-style. But instead, they have the leather straps in that X formation, and they just have a lot of, like, pockets or, like, pouches for that they can quickly grab and stuff. I will take those off him, actually, and I'm going to put those on myself underneath my cloak. Mal will hold out the four she took off of that. You want these? Uh, yes, I I would need those. Thank you. Okay, and these are definitely throwing daggers for sure, as opposed to the ceremonial dagger you had, which seemed to be close combat dagger, if fit for combat at all. Gotcha. Yes, I will stick those in, and then can I close up my cloak just so that those that section that where I put the daggers could be hidden and only unfurled if I'm ever in battle. So, everybody's been investigated. You have this unconscious body before you, and what do you do? So, Mal, Mal, is that Mal? Is that your name, or is that your whole name? Do you go by Mal? Do you are you referred to as Mal? Oh, uh, no, my uh, my full name is Malamara. It's a human name, as you may notice, but I've gone by Mal since I was little. So Malamar. Malamara. 
My father's name was Malcolm, and my mother's name was Amara, so Malamara. You see how that goes? Mm-hmm. Yes, I see how that goes. Um, do you want us to call you Malamara, or Mal, or Mara? You know, if you could stick with Mal, I think it would be the easiest for you. Malamara, right. Um, how would you want to go about this? You seem like the most keen to talk to this individual. I just feel like these guys aren't doing the same thing as the kobolds, so I felt like maybe we should talk to at least one of them, and then you decimated the rest of them. So I thought we'd just maybe wake him up and ask him about the names and see what kind of information we can get from him. Well, I know that I'm not a very good talker. I'm sometimes abrupt. You don't seem like a good talker either because you seem very bullish, and Fleeple seems friendly, but I don't know if we want to go with friendly right now. Well, should we good constable, bad constable him? As this conversation is happening, the body starts to... And he starts to rouse a little bit. I will let you all decide that. I, again, I'm not the best at communicating effectively. So I will take a back seat. I turn to Mal and I say, all right, Good constable, bad constable, we've got this. And I start striding over towards him, and I kneel down on his chest and just slap him across the face and try and wake him up. That, uh, he's he's the bad, and Mal's the good. That's not what I meant when I... Uh. He, as you smack him across the face, he goes, Oh, oh man, I... Oh, I've had this, had this crazy dream that I was... Oh... Now listen here, you servant of sin. We want details and we want them now. And that's where we're going to end tonight's episode. Man. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast, I Cast Fireball. It, it means the world to us that you would that you'd listen to our crazy adventure and enjoy it as much as we do. And if you're feeling generous, please don't forget to give us a five star rating on your choice of podcast listening. It really helps boost us into other people's recommended lists so we can get the word out there. Um, we also have an email account if you wish to get in touch with us, whether with some praise or some constructive criticism. We would love to do that as this is all our first foray into podcasting. Uh, if you want to reach out, um, you can get in touch with us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. That's all lowercase. Uh, we would love to hear from you and get your thoughts on the show or just start dialogue and uh, get to know you a little bit more. So well, that's all we have for tonight. But as always, thank you so much. I am Thomas, your DM, and we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>